everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the 1973 podcast. Very special episode. We brought the new guy back, Chris. He's right here, remote location from uh, Deck Hockey Tournament. We got, uh, as usual, the best uh, podcast and tag team in the business. <laughs> the professor all dressed up. Senior Monopoly. Sweet <laughs> <laughs> episode, man. We got a... Uh, Old crew and a lot to talk about. We brought Chris back. Uh, it's been about five episodes, and, uh, you know, we can't even wait to have him back. So we figure we'll, we'll get him in every now and then when we can. So, uh, you know, let's uh, let's start like we usually do, and uh, let's read uh, this week's email. we got a, probably a lot to talk about. That's uh, that's a good one. All right, man. This is, this is coming from uh, Dave from Flushing, New York. Now, Dave, first and foremost, man, it kind of sounds like this is coming with a little bit of tone. Kind of sounds like you want to have a cup of coffee in the big time, brother, okay? So what the email is, you guys claim to be old school fans. Who is on the your Mount Rushmore Wrestling? We'd love to hear you review wrestling events weekly as well. Thanks, Dave, from Flushing. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Really appreciate it, man. Chris, since you are doing the Ace Ventura style, brother, we're going to kick it to you, brother. You know, cup of coffee in the big time. We might be having technical difficulties with Chris. You might want to... Uh... All right, Thomas, the Monopoly All right. man. All right, I'll start off. My uh, number one guy, I got to go with old school. I got to go with uh, Bruno AC. Bruno uh, Martino. And uh, then I'm going with the, the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan. Then, then the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. And the fourth one was a toss-up, but I'm going to go with Stone Cold. He just... He was in his prime. There was nobody like him. And what do you got? Me? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I, I got five, which is gonna you have to understand why. So I got Ric Flair, I got Big Dust, I got Macho Man. You know, you gotta throw them in here. You have to. You gotta throw the World Warriors in here. The pop that they got. I mean, when they came out back in the back in the '80s, nothing like it. And I'm gonna throw somebody. I'm kind of a little bit more new school on this, but, you know, with my picks, I'm going to go with Nikita Koloff. All right. Uh, Chris, what do you got? All right. So we're going to go with the Hulk. Okay. It's got to be Ooh. on there. He just has to, what he did with the, the young kids. Um, and then we're, we're going to jump to Ric Flair. Ric Flair, absolutely, in my opinion, has to be there as well. Um, with the third spot, that's a tough one. I have a lot of uh, uh, more of the newer age guys. Uh, I'm going to have to go real new age and, and new school with The Rock. The Rock was just nobody better on the mic. And I'm I'm going with Tom with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was the guy that brought me into wrestling in 1998. You know, that's when he changed the whole, you know, new uh, the, the attitude era with Nobody sold more merchandise than that guy. He was just unreal and, and, and took WWF to, to, you know, heights it's never seen before. So I'm glad we – this is a great talking point. Now, here's the way you can hit this, and I don't know how the email is structured. Is it the greatest of all time, or is it your personal favorites? Because it's two different lists for me. But mm -hmm. if we're going to go – strictly Mount Rushmore for probably what they did for the overall aspect of 
pro wrestling. I'm going to go with Hulk Hogan because of the boom. I'm going to go with Andre the Giant because he's a he was a huge attraction. Uh, you know, wherever he went, you know, people just had to see him. Plus, he was on TV before everybody else was. Stone Cold Steve Austin, for the obvious reasons, like Chris said, he created another boom in wrestling. Uh, him and Hogan, just the merchandise, just the merchandise and the pop culture side of things. It's hard to believe that as big as Hulk Hogan was, if you remember that '84 to '85, how huge he was. That Stone Cold sold more T-shirts than Hulkamania T-shirts. It's unbelievable to put that in perspective. And my last pick, and it's probably uh, a personal choice, it's Ric Flair. And uh, he's an icon. Uh, he should have got his due as an icon in the 80s. Um, a lot of people weren't uh, up to speed with watching the NWA. They were probably WWF people, and maybe you didn't have cable, or maybe you didn't even know it was on. Uh, but uh, now he's, he's a character of himself, but there was nobody better uh, in the ring, uh, on the mic between the years of probably 84 and probably 88 in that, in that genre. But as far as 16-time world champion, whether it's work or not, I mean, he was the last true traveling world champion where you actually traveled and you had that schedule. He was the last one to actually do it. And, uh, you know, there were guys like Jack Briscoe that after a few years with the belt, they were begging the NWA to take the belt off him. Flair just was like, I'll take it whenever you, you give it to me. I'll, I'll, I'll do that schedule. No problem. And not get crazy. Cause he never wanted to be home. I mean, it's a sad life for family wise, but, I mean, if there was a Mount Rushmore just for, you know, the, the whole story with given given to the whole wrestling industry, that that's that's my pick. Um thoughts going around, any any good Yeah. I mean, for me, that, that those were my personal favorites. Now, I mean the thing about it is is like if you go through history, I mean you can't you cannot pass over Harley Race. You can't. You you, yeah. you can't pass over Bruno San Martino. You, you just can't, okay? Um, you know, you can't pass over Hogan. You can't pass over the Rock or Stone Cold. I mean, those right there, I mean, that kind of hits it all. I mean, these, the five people that, you know, those were my favorites. I mean, those are the guys that, hey, when these guys were on, don't talk to me. My people are on, you know. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, Flair, Dusty, Macho Man, the Warriors, and the Kita Kola, they all kind of, they all hit that kind of like, elicited that reaction out of you because that's how good they came across, especially with their promos. And, I mean, I don't think anybody on anybody's personal list can argue with that, you know? So, I mean, I'll kick it back to somebody else. So, I mean, that those were my personal picks. There are, you know? there are so many that, I mean, it's a tough to just name four. I mean, you've got The Undertaker, who's there. Even, I mean, I've never liked the guy, but John Cena. I mean, there are just so many different guys you can pick through. It's it's tough. It's And there's, like, no right or wrong answer. No. No, I mean, unless somebody wants to throw like Barry Horowitz on there, I mean, come on. Uh, How about some Barry O, man? Come on. Yeah, right. Uh, it's it's uh, it's tough because it all depends on what area you grew up in. I mean, I don't think a younger person would realize how how much impact that Hogan thing was in '84, the boom for wrestling. That I mean, before that, it there was no huge boom before that. Uh, Rock and wrestling, man. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, 
that MTV boom and and wrestling at the same time, it was like it was a thing. I mean, uh, if you didn't see it, I, I don't think you can kind of grasp the feel of it. And don't forget, back then, you watched as much as you could because if you missed it, then or you didn't record it, and not everybody had even a VCR at the time. There was no DVR in it and watching it later. You were watching it live, and you were, you were waiting to watch. I can remember being outside and it being Saturday at 6.05 and coming running home wherever I was just, just to watch it, because if you didn't watch it, you missed it. And then they would never, ever recap it and show you, like, uh, a, a leading up to a match. You just watched whatever was there. There was no, this was before the Clash of Champions. The only pay-per-view at the time, this was before WrestleMania. The only pay-per-view was Stockade. And you were lucky if you could find that. I mean, you'd have to wait till it happened and then catch it on video cassette if you could find that somewhere. It, 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 to be a wrestling fan, it was definitely work at, back then. So, you know, they, like I said, I know Chris is a little younger than us, but I mean, the, the, Attitude Era boom was was definitely something too. I mean, it it seemed like the Attitude Era worked because all the kids that were ten in 1984 were already in their 20s by like 98. You know what I mean? So it, it kind of you kind of had two groups of kids that kind of you got the younger kids in the 80s, and then when they grew up, they catered to that generation again by their age level. You know, with the bikinis and all that stuff, and you know, Jerry Springer was hot and all that, that kind of tie-in. And then, of course, the Stone Cold McMahon thing. McMahon had never gotten the ring before then, and and you got that whole side of it. So thought. Not, not only that, I was just going to mention about the greatest, one of the greatest factions I grew up with, obviously DX. I know countless kids in school got in trouble for throwing up that suck it sign. <laughs> Those are good days, man. The good times, you can get away with that stuff a little bit, at least. Yeah. It was the uh, the the suckets and the uh, NWO t-shirts were huge at the time too. I mean, uh, there's a, we'll get to that one of these weeks. There's a great story about uh, the NWO shirts. How uh, Eric Bischoff uh, bought a company and didn't tell tell Turner that he owned the company that was making the NWO shirts. That's that's a good story too. So he was he was double dipping without them knowing. He was spending Turner's money to a company that was making the NWO shirts and nobody knew Bischoff owned the company and it was actually in Rhode Island. That's, that's a fun story too. So uh, before we move on the uh, couple pay-per-views this weekend, it was heavy. Uh, Seth Rollins won the, uh, the first ever, if you want to call it WWE uh, world title belt, really nice looking belt. I, I kind of like it. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, that in uh, Cody ended up, uh, passing out to Brock Lesnar, so now they're they're a one-off. So that that storyline's continuing in the bloodline. The storyline with the bloodline has been fantastic. I mean, uh, it, the whole culmination. I mean, I've never seen a storyline go this long, and it was it's really good. And uh, Tom, I don't know if you saw any of that. Yeah, I, I caught the uh, I caught the highlights online. I caught some video clips on. Twitter. So it, I felt like I watched it. I watched, I caught the last like 10 minutes of that match. And it was, it was the, the fan, whoever is doing the storyline, whoever backstage is, but I mean, it's phenomenal. They just, they building it up, building it up. It's just a perfect crescendo right now. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing how uh, the amount of time they're putting into Roman Reigns for this title reign. I think he's, uh, he's 26 or 27 days away from passing Pedro Morales. 
And then he's only got like four other guys above that to be the, you know, the longest reigning champion of all time. It's, it's crazy. The amount of uh, story and thought they've put into it, because if you look at the roster, who else, who else do they have? They don't have a yin and yang, like a rock and stone cold or, you know, they're not, they're doing like Hogan where they're just feeding him, you know, guys and he's just beating them. So you know, the Cody thing is kind of like a, a sub story. And I don't know if they're going to crisscross that again, but I, I'm curious to to see what they're going to do with that and who eventually beats him. Cause it's going to be epic. Whoever beats him, it's not going to be, he's not going to lose in a roll up to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> to somebody it's going to, it's going to become with a lot of uh, window dressing and everything. So it's going to, it's going to be good. Um, thoughts on Roman Reigns, Chris fan, not a fan. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big baby face guy when it comes to wrestling. I tend to to, to go with those heels. So, um, but like, you know, he's had quite the story over the past years with this, his cancer and the whole comeback. And, you know, so you, you got to kind of root for the guy. Um, he's kind of been the, the face or, or the number one for a while with WWE. So, um, he, you know, they wanted to continue, uh, um, you know, to carry that for whatever reason, you know, he's, I know he's one of the hardest workers there. Like he's, he's um, very, you know, he's a businessman. He's very serious about what he does. He takes pride in what he does, you know, which is always a good thing to see from your champion. So it's a good go. So speaking of heels, uh, MJF tonight, as soon as the podcast is done, I'm hopping over, I'm watching the pay-per-view, uh, you know, f- for obvious reasons, you know, it's, it's for, uh, you know, for the podcast. Research. Yeah, research. research for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Can't uh, one of these days I'll be research able to... for the podcast. Yeah, it's an yeah. unreimbursable work. You know, you're watching for Brett Baker. Uh, not uh-huh. a bad thing. They, you, you'd be worried if I'm watching it for Sammy Guevara, then, then, <laughs> then, we'll, then we'd have problems. But if I'm watching it for Brett Baker, who I don't even think is on the pay per view, I looked no. at the card quick and uh, then nope. MJF Super Heel, one of the best in the business right now. Great. Oh, it, it, he's old school. I mean, yes, he, doesn't, he is. doesn't have to do all the flip-flop and stuff and the high-flying stuff. Fantastic. He's in a four-way against all the other younger guys, Darby Allen and, and uh, uh, Jungle Boy and somebody else I'm missing. Uh, Sammy Guevara, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Sammy Guevara. Yeah. See? That, you, he was on, you had Sammy on the brain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's, it should be good. I mean, it's kind of lackluster. I looked at the card, uh, the Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club. That's one of those arena matches where, uh, you know, they'll be fighting all over the place and all kinds of melee. You have uh, uh, Jamie Storm, uh, uh, Jamie Hannon versus Tony Storm for the women's title. Uh, who knows what will happen with that? I don't know what they're doing with the, uh, you know, the booking over there. It's, it's kind of all over the place. Got the 21-man uh, battle royal. And it's for uh, the belt that Orange Cassidy has. So whoever, he doesn't even have to get pinned to lose the belt. So it could be. Oh, so we're talking about Fonzie now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the author Fonzarelli of pro wrestling, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> talking uh, about the Fonzie. Definitely an interesting match. I don't know if you saw it. The FTRs uh, defending the belts against uh, Lethal and Double uh, J. So Mark Briscoe's the referee. They got a little side thing with that. And th- that match kind of, I'm a little curious to see what they're going to do with that, with a, this kind of an ROH storyline in there. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on. But uh, And Ed's girl defending the TBS championship, Jade Cogill versus Tia Valkyrie. So she's got kind of. going to go down? 
I don't know. She's got the Goldberg streak going on, so they're kind of building her up like the female Goldberg, whatever. It's, it's kind of a kind of a storyline, whatever. Thought thoughts on Jade Cargill Ed before we move. Ah, oh, she's an incredible athlete, man. And I mean, but you know, I mean, there's no. It doesn't make any sense if you have a champion if you have a throwaway story. That's stupid. Yeah, you know. I, agree. I mean, you need to write it better. But other than that, kind of a lackluster pay per view. I mean, it, there's nothing really epic on it. Um, they kind of have a lot of the stars tied up in kind of you know group matches. So uh, we'll skip from the wrestling and we'll get right into what what we usually like to talk about. We'll get into some NHL playoffs. Chris, thoughts? I just wanted to say before we jump into that, I look like I'm playing the part of Orange Cassidy with these sunglasses, but if I take them off, I kind of look a bit like a raccoon from all the sun I got this weekend at the tournament. So, <laughs> And uh, I just wanted to mention we made it to the final, so I got one more date tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, quick question. Quick question, Chris. You guys still Shoot. rolling with the with the Milex shin guards? Uh, absolutely. 100%. Okay. Yeah, man. Old school right, Milex shin guards. I, I ask. Oh, yeah. Damn. All the good stuff. Uh, it's been a minute since I've strapped them on. That's why I was asking. <laughs> the, the, the cool thing that uh, Chris was talking about, about that tournament that they're at, is uh, there's a couple uh, Hall of Famers that show up every year and uh, do, like, uh, meet and greets uh, for the kids. So Marcel, I saw uh, one of the pictures that he sent. Marcel Dion was one of them. So that's cool when oh, they, really? they can give back like that. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so NHL playoffs, uh, let's talk Florida Panthers. Um, thoughts? Tom, what do you got? Matthew Kachuk, if he's if he's not the uh, con Smythe, there's something they've got to do away with it because the guy is just carrying him right now. I mean, he clutch. He comes up with every clutch goal that they need. Yeah, uh, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to go back to game five against the Bruins. Kachuk had got the game puck, and uh, I don't know if any of you guys seen it on TikTok or other social media. He was walking up to that little Stanley Cup trophy that they put the pucks in, and he said, oh, we're coming back here in a couple of days for Game 7. And I'm not going to lie, when I seen that, I was like, man, this team is dialed in. And we've been watching it. We see what they're doing. They're just tossing the puck in. They're working. They're playing that gritty style, grit hockey. Just, you know, they're punishing people down on the boards. They're outworking everybody, and that's just – it almost reminds me of what the Blues did to the Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals in 19. Like, they are just working them to the bone. And then you got this guy, Kachuk, who just missed the clutch or what right now? David Ortiz of 2004. Like, you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous what this guy's doing. And and I said, as soon as they beat the Bruins, they were my pick to win. I, I don't see anybody beating them. I love to see Vegas. I wanted Bruce Cassidy in there. I love Bruce Cassidy. I didn't really like the way he left Boston. Uh, so it would be a great opportunity for, you know, to see Bruce Cassidy and the Florida Panthers in the finals. I hope that that's what happens. But, like, I, it's going to be hard to beat those Panthers right now, man. And what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I'm going to piggyback on all you guys. I mean, you know, they, they really, really have been playing that tough, like, just, you know, put, you know, put a stick in their side and let them know you're there, you know? I mean, it's – you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's it, they're playing old school hockey, you know, and I, it's it's fun to watch. And they're a fun, exciting team. And they, they get on it and they cycle the puck really well. Uh, they put the puck on net and they punish the body. And they, they really, you know, it's that. I mean, I remember, I don't know if you guys ever read Gretzky's book back in the day, 
But when the, when when the Islanders beat Edmonton in that first go around when they played, Gretzky went into the to the locker room, it, the Islanders locker room, and all those guys were sitting there, and it was a quiet locker room. I mean, just think about it. they just won a Stanley Cup, and he walks in there, and they're quiet. They got ice packs. They're just sipping on beers, and they're dead. Right? That's that's the type of hockey. And Gretzky said in his book. He's like, look, that's how you win Stanley Cups, and that's exactly what they're playing. And Kachuk, man, I mean, he's just – he's, I mean, you know, four and a half seconds left in the game. I mean, you can't beat that. And, I mean, and I, you know, I mean, I was out in the first round with my picks uh, who I thought I was going to go. So, I mean, I don't really have any skin in the game. However, I mean, it was, I really thought that, you know, that Carolina was going to beat them, and, and they didn't. Um, I, I thought it was – I think that they're just playing great hockey and they're getting, you know, big-time goaltending too. So – so a couple of things about that series before we talk about the Knights and the other series, which I don't think either one of those teams is going to beat Florida. Let me put that disclaimer out because it, if they're not playing to close out a series, I, the thing about the Panthers is the way they play. That's pretty epic is they play like they're getting eliminated every game. They play like that's they're going to get swept. They play like their mentality is we're going to play this game. Like we're, we're losing everything if we lose this Sense game. of urgency. Yeah, huge, huge sense of urgency. They don't give a crap about uh, any of the uh, stuff that happens in the wake. You know, uh, the games, if you watch the games that they lost at the end of the game, there's there's always a tone. They always try to scrum it up. They always try to get get some kind of little something going just, just to kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth that, yeah, you beat them, but – and I like that. I think that's one of the things that hockey's missing. Uh, it's amazing how uh, the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks Pittsburgh game. If they if Pittsburgh had beat the Blackhawks, the Panthers wouldn't even be in. The Panthers actually needed the Blackhawks to win a game. Yeah, that's right. So that they could get in the playoffs, and they've just rolled since then. It's it's crazy, but it's almost like they took a template that nobody hardly uses. And if you watch the the Dallas and the um, Golden Knights series, they're not playing with any urgency. The Golden Knights had a chance to sweep, and they were playing la-di-da. If it happens, it happens. Now, look, the, the series is 3-2. I, I mean, we, are we going to see Phil Kessel finally? Is is the Selkie trophy? <laughs> I mean, he's the. If, what's funny about the whole thing about the Kessel thing? King Hot Dog. Yep, yep. He's banging dogs in the, in the uh, press box. <laughs> he's the only guy on the team other than Quick that has a, two Stanley Cups. He's got two cups, and he's in the press box. Would, would you think any of that stuff might rub off on these young guys? Uh, who knows? I mean, look at Quick. How come Quick's not in? He's He's got two cups, yeah. right? Well, I've been saying that since the playoff started with them. So weird. <laughs> So weird. If you didn't say it on here, Tommy, it don't count, bro. It is. <laughs> you got to put it on the record. But uh, got to be on the record. So with it, we're talking Golden Knights and we're talking Dallas. What do you think the problem is with that series, Tom? I think Vegas let up. They took their foot off the gas, and in the first three games, they out hit Dallas um, every single game. These last two games, Dallas has out-hit them 70-44. to 44. I mean, they're just beating the crap out of Dallas just picked up the physical game, and, and Vegas is just taking it, and they're not giving anything back. I don't know if it's a matter of they're up three games, so they kind of just figured it was over, and the, 
they half-assed it or what, but then now it's going to be interesting to see if they can pick it back up. And what do you think? I was going to use your full ass, man. What uh, thoughts, Ed, Chris, on that series? I, I agree with Tom. I, I think that uh, I really think that um, Vegas has kind of let off the gas. And I think that, you know, I mean, Dallas is a good quality team. And, you know, I mean, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. And I think that, you know, for the most part, like, if you let off the gas and you stop, you know, punishing the body and you have a chance to close it out, all of a sudden you let them back in. Now it's three to two. And, um, you know, anything can happen, you know. And, I mean, I got a funny feeling. It, this is, I think this series is going seven. That, that's what I think. I think it's going to go seven. And, and it's going to be all for nothing because the Panthers are just waiting to kick the crap out of either one of those two teams. Chris, what especially, do you think? especially with the extra rest that they got now, they're going to come back and they're going to have fresh legs and their bodies are going to kind of bounce back a little bit so they can continue that punishing game. Yeah, I see Vegas just putting it away the next game. I'm hoping, uh, like I said, I do want to see Cassidy there. I think he deserves to uh, get into, a, a you know, another Stanley Cup. He had he had uh, his chances with Boston, um, but um, they'll they'll come through. They'll have to. Now they're the better team. The the uh, the Jamie Ben thing. Did you guys see that the cross check to Machado's face? He got he'll be back the next game. So there's always a story there, you know, what's going to happen. So can he keep his composure? Can he not keep his composure? So we'll, we'll see. Um, so we got about 10 minutes left. So we're going to, we're going to flip flop a little bit. We're going to wind uh, the NHL talk down and Tom, we, what do you got for uh, your fantasy pick of the week? Well, my fantasy picks of the week this week. Uh, well, first go back to last week. I was pretty good with the pitching. I picked Luis Castillo. He went two and oh, didn't give up a run in either start. And he ended up with 35 points on the on the uh, week. My bat, my the guy I picked for my hitter Acuna was terrible. <laughs> he's got a game tonight, so maybe he can pick it up. But he's only got 12 points. And uh, but for this week, I'm going for my hitter of the week is going to be from the Houston Astros, Jordan Alvarez. He's got a game every day this week, seven games, three against Minnesota and four against Anaheim. I think he'll hitting at home. He's going to light it up. And my pitcher of the week is from the. Uh, the Rays. I'm picking Sean McClanahan. He's got uh, Shane McClanahan. He's got two starts against the Cubs, against the Red Sox. I think he's going to dominate both games. And uh, with with that being said, uh, what what do you got for shoutouts for this week, Tom? You got any uh, special uh, shoutouts? I can't believe it's been 15 episodes. I want to thank everybody that's been watching. I mean, I didn't think this would last 15 episodes. I'll be honest with you. I was just doing it for fun, and now it's 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 actually a thing now. I mean. I had to celebrate. I had to break break out the black and gold uh, tuck shirt. You know, <laughs> let's let's ask Chris if he's heard anything on the download. Let's get an impartial kind of uh, view on it. Chris, have you heard anything uh, about the podcast at all in in any of the circles that you've been in? You know, I, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm always sharing it on Facebook. You know, I get it out to my people on this side of ice hockey and deck hockey. So. They loving it, you know. I had questions asked me today about it actually on the way out of the out of the rink. Yeah, we were leaving the rinks and they're like, "Oh, what's up, man? Uh, how's that podcast going?" I'm like, "Oh, he asked me how I got on." And I was like, "Oh, you know, Andy's a good guy and he just has me on." I told him I was going to be I'm going to be on it again on the way home from from the rink. Unfortunately, awesome. I know I'm coming from a remote location. It's hopefully the service not cutting in and out too bad, but um yeah, definitely getting questions about it. Definitely getting good uh, feedback, so they love the episodes. I have a shout-out, if you don't mind. 
my shout out is going to go to the uh, the Warriors, the Spindle City Warriors, which is our our deck team hockey. Okay, uh, we like I said, made it to the finals for tomorrow. This guy right here, who's obviously exhausted, <laughs> uh, scored the game winning goal to 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 on this last game that we just played. Fantastic. Uh, we won six to two or something like that. You know, we moved on pretty easily. But uh, the big game is tomorrow, and we're all excited about it. And uh, to reference Ed's point, you know, I'm uh, doing a little Ace Ventura style here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my part. <laughs> hey, listen, we'll, we'll give you uh, all the positive vibes. Hopefully you guys will pull it out tomorrow. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck, man. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, before we go, Tom, what do you got for your uh, album pick of the week? Album of the week this week, going with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Came out in 91. Uh, this was when John Frusciante was just going nuts with his, uh, he and Flea just played off each other so well. They could just pick up on one little note and just jam for like 10 minutes if you saw them live. They were just phenomenal. And uh, some of my favorite tunes on this one were uh, Suck My Kiss, Give It Away Now, uh, Under the Bridge, Power of Equality, and the self-titled Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, Ed, do you have thoughts on that album? I mean, that was kind of a curveball there, Thomas. Uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, great, great album. I mean, you know, I mean, the Peppers, I mean, they're great, man. But, I mean, I wasn't really prepared for that one. But, I mean, that was in the, that was in the, uh, that was underneath the visor in the uh, in the old uh, Dodge Colt, if you will, the blue teardrop with the stickers all over it. So yeah. Uh, Chris, do you uh, do you have any inkling about uh, how big that album was at the time? Probably not at the time, but yes. Growing up, come on, everybody knows the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know what I mean? Give it away, give it away, give it away. Not not many people could even do that. All right. Do right. I do that again? <laughs> So the, the thing about that album that that's pretty cool looking back on it is that's that's really one of the albums that was epic without it being commercial. Uh, they hadn't done the uh, the the whole where, not that they sold out, but I mean once Dave Navarro got there, they were kind of mo a little bit more uh, selloutish. But that was that was definitely, in my opinion, their probably uh, best overall album without any, uh, you know, uh, big fame uh, hadn't stepped in yet. And uh, I think that, well, believe it or not, Tom, I think that's the last one before John Fashante flew wow. the coop and, uh, you know, had had his uh, mental breakdown or whatever. So um, with that being said, that, that album is another one that if, if you went out to some of the places that we went out in the 90s and the, those college places that – they played the shit out of that album. That one, uh, and, a, and a whole list of other ones. I'm sure we'll get to it, but we'll we'll kind of stick with that one. And there's, like Tom said, there's so many songs on that album that are really, really good. So, uh, with everything going on, Chris is remote, and this is, I think, this is our very first remote style uh, uh, podcast or podcast guest. Uh, so. We're probably going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, Tom, Ed, you got anything before we go? No, I just want to thank for everybody that, that watches and everything like that. Also, hey, that thanks to Scotty. Uh, also, I do believe that we did not mention the Portuguese Phantom until right now. Wow. Yeah, we went. <laughs> huh? Yeah. What do you think about that, huh? Yeah, well, he's already, he's already getting pushed to the side. <laughs> 
You know, once once that money train starts rolling in, don't look to jump on board. That's not how it works. You're gonna be at the ground floor. Other than I that, think I need to I need to see this guy. I still am not familiar whatsoever with the Portuguese Phantom. I can't do I know you what he looks like with him. Yeah. No, no. The, the the Phantom is very elusive. For Curiosity is here, man. Full yeah, full he, strength. And he claims to be a people person. This is the the best. Uh, this is the best route to get your uh, <laughs> out there. He can rattle them off like like nobody's business. So hey, well maybe he's under the bridge breaking the girl or something. You never know, right? <laughs> Good segue. So with that being said, we're gonna sign off. So with uh, Chris, who's remote, these two bozos over here. Dilly dilly. <laughs> yep, we're out. So we'll see you next week for episode sixteen. Later, everyone. Your cousin from Boston. <laughs>